grateful to the Lord that he's causing us to understand uh, how to move with him. So many times we are married with to what he's done in the past and we can't move with what he's doing in the future, even when he gives revelation to it, to what he's doing. We are stuck uh, in what he did in the past. And what God is wanting to do, he's wanting to bring us out of places that we have found and created and made home that he never intended for us to make our destination. We should have been passing through some places that we have uh, made our abode there. And so God is wanting to bring us out of that thinking. There's times when we have thought that our life was meant for trials and testing. Yet that is a wilderness characteristic of where God brought his people. In the wilderness is where you are tested and tempted. In the wilderness, he said, he tests, he humbled his people and caused them to be hungry to let them know that man lives, doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. He's really wanting us to understand that we have to be really sensitive to the words that come out of his mouth. And when we hear his words, and when we are hearing his word, we should have an intention in our heart to obey him. Yes. He is bringing us through places, and he, uh, those places were necessary in our lives, but they were not the place where we should stop. Mm. They were necessary. There were times when... Uh, God said that that uh, your strength is made perfect in weakness. Yet he didn't want you to camp at the place of weakness. He wanted you to come into a place where you know you're strong in the Lord and in the power is might. That he has strengthened you in your inner being with might and power so that Christ can dwell in your heart. He wanted you to be understand that you, he didn't want you to be strong in your flesh. So he made you weak in your flesh. But his intention is that you'll be powerful in the spirit. God is bringing us and he wants us to be able to hear his voice and move with him. Don't be married to the things that happened yesterday because God is on the move and he's a fresh God that's speaking fresh words every day. And he doesn't want you to have any limitations on yourself because he's pushing you forward just like any father pushes sons forward. And we are the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we should be, but we know when we see him, and I have saw him, I've seen him, I know I'm just like he is. He even tells us that what he has done, you're going to do that, and you're going to do greater. This is the voice of the Lord. He's not saying that you're limited in any sphere of life. And so I want to speak these words, and I, I want to began to open up the heaven and began to push you forward because God is not limiting you in any way. He's not put a ceiling on you. He has not restricted you. He's wanting you to go forward and be everything that he created you that you were born to do. And believe me, it will take eternity for you to discover everything that God has done and everything that God is doing. God has created you not to have limitations in any way. 
Not at all. He has created you to be powerful. He has created you to do the things that he's done and to do greater. And so I'm encouraging you. But I, God also, he comes and meets us right where we are, right in the place where we are. But he doesn't come to stay there with you. He comes to bring us out. So it's very clear today that we are in a dry place, in a thirsty place, a place where we didn't know there was water, and a place where God wants to speak to us about the spiritual drink and and the rock on which that drink comes from. And so I'm going to begin tonight in Exodus chapter 17, And we're going to go from there because I want to establish some things before we can go on and God removes all of the thinking because it's in our thinking. Can you say it's in my thought life that I limit myself? As a man believeth in his heart, so he is he. And sometimes we just believe a certain thing that's not true. But I want to talk to you about the water from the rock. And I'm going to begin in Exodus 17. And this is a familiar scripture, a familiar story. Father, in the name of Jesus, just open up our hearts. Open up our hearts. God, we want to go deep within, Lord, the regions of the depths of our being, where the rivers of living water flow. We want to drink freely, Lord, of the rivers of living water. And so we ask you to refresh us today in the name of Jesus. And the people said, Amen. Amen. In Exodus 17, verse 1, I'm going to read And uh, I'll read the whole portion of scripture. It says, the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Ripton, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Walk on ahead of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock of Hur. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massah and Meribah, 
because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? What we need to know is that God is not a God to bring you any place to leave you in that place or to leave you in a place where you don't have everything that you need. But it's a funny thing that when you get thirsty for whatever it is that you're thirsty for, you start to doubt God. You start to wonder if he's among you. And we begin to grumble against uh, some of the people that are our leaders. But what we're really doing is we're grumbling against God. And we're saying, is God among us or not? And we put him to the test, not realizing that, that God has prepared for us everything we need. And what we're going to discover, that everything we need is always in Christ. And that he's never far from any one of us. It is in that testing period that we, we, we are often at, our, at the place where we depart from God in unbelief. We go astray in our heart instead of drawing near to God. We tend to go away from him. We tend to start to grumble and complain. And when we murmur against God, when we murmur, and like, like I said before, we don't just say we're murmuring against God. We murmur against anybody that's leading us. And we say, why did you bring us out here? Because we don't realize that we have to go through some tough places in order to get to the place where God has, has called us to come to. And so when we are going through tough places, we say, why me? Why is this happening to me? Not realizing that God is bringing us to a place of strength. Because every time you prevail over something, God has given you power over it. Every time you overcome, you have power and you are not made weak, you're made strong. Every time God gives you something to do, he gives you the power, he empowers you to do it. And we should never say, why am I going through this? You're going through this so that you can overcome it. It is not a season where we're in the wilderness where we're saying we are being tested and tried so that we can find out what's in us. We should know what is in us. We should know that Jesus Christ is in us. He lives in us and he has all power and all authority. And there is nothing that can stand against us or stand before us all the days of our life. We should know these things, but we tend to forget them when we're in a testing time. And we begin, as I said, to murmur and complain and say, why, Lord, am I in this place? Why am I going through this? Why am I going through this time where I feel afraid? Don't you know that every time when you're getting ready to come into the promises of God, the enemy will start to mess with your mind. He will start to make things seem impossible and he'll make your enemies seem like they're bigger than you and he'll make you feel like you are just like a grasshopper. It's a funny thing that we lose all sight of reality when we are in a test. We said they were thirsty so they thought they had the right to complain and murmur. They thought they had a right because they didn't have what they thought they needed, that they could just say whatever came into their mind, not thinking that you have to guard your mouth. 
that every time you are in a season where you are being tested, you better learn how to rule and govern your own spirit. Because you cannot just say whatever comes, how you feel in a place where you're being tested. You cannot say, is God among us? Yes, God is with you. He said, I will never leave you. I'm with you even into the end of the world. I'll be with you until you accomplish everything that I call you to do. He is speaking to us, but we forget that he's with us. We forget, just like they did. And as we go over to 1 Corinthians We see that through Paul, Paul is speaking. In 1 Corinthians 10, he says, For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brethren, that our forefathers were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For that drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. And that was powerful what Paul just said. He said God wasn't pleased with most of them because they didn't realize that they had to look no farther than the rock that was accompanying them to get their drink, to get their spiritual drink. They didn't have to look far. But this is the second thing that happens to people when they're in a crisis. They want someone to give them something. They don't want to work for anything. They look around and they say, I'm thirsty. Moses, you give me something to drink. They don't want to go out of their way. They'd rather spend their time complaining. They don't want to do what Moses tells them to do. They want to tell Moses what they need. You see, if we ever get the revelation that we're going to have to learn how to dig down deep and we're going to have to learn how to build our house upon a rock. We're going to have to learn to, that we can't just call on Moses or even say, Lord, Lord, and don't do what he tells you. The Bible says that a man that will do that is like a man that 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 a man that will obey God. It's like a man that digs deep and the foundation sets a foundation upon a rock. And when the enemy blows against that house, he cannot destroy it or move it. Now, I want you to understand that if you don't do what God tells you to do, you like a man that just build his house and you don't dig a foundation. You just take the easy way out. And that's a lot of time, that's what we have done, and that's why we get thirsty, 
because we don't realize that if we dig down deep, we'll find the rock. And we don't understand that the rock is not that far from us. It's with us. He's with us. That rock is Christ. And that from him, you get all the nourishment that you will ever need. But you got to learn that you can't just come and just ask for it and expect that, that your leader just going to refresh you. You got to learn how to dig and take some effort and see if it's valuable enough for you to go out and seek or dig down deep to find it. I can talk about Jesus Christ and tell you that he is all you ever need and in him is everything you ever need. And if you never, ever start digging, if you never, if you always on the surface, surface Christians are always looking for someone else to give them the drink or give them some oil or give them some strength or give them some manna or something. They want something, but they don't want to go out and get it. Nobody wants to go out and say, God, whatever it takes, I will dig here until I hit the rock. And if I'm thirsty, I'm going to keep on. The, the, the thirst of a man, sh- and hunger of a man should drive him. The Proverbs says, the, the word of God said, when you're hungry, it should drive you to work. It should drive you to effort. We really want to be refreshed. But like the children of Israel, they said, Moses, let's just blame Moses. Moses said, they're ready to stone me. They're ready to kill me. they rather use their effort to kill the man of God than to dig down deep. And the Bible said Jesus is not far from any one of us. He's not afar off that you got to go and get him. He's close by, but you got to learn that it takes some effort. It really does take some effort. So we can be thirsty and waiting for someone to give me some drink. And God said, I want you to understand that the rock is following you. No, no, he's in you. But a revelation hasn't come. So sometimes we forget. And so we're looking out there. And he's right there. And so today... I'm challenging every one of you, including myself, that we got to stop that. We have come away to be with God. Well, we think that it doesn't cost you anything, none of your time, none of your resources. We think that everything is free, which it is, but it costs you everything. When you start to go after him. Is it one thing to say you have all of these things? Is another thing to go out and possess him? Is one thing to just speak and say all kinds of wonderful things? And you won't move to do any of it. You hear the words of the Lord every Thursday, Sunday... And you say, I'll get around to obeying it someday. You know? Certainly it can't be today. 
But I'm here to tell you that when you hear the word of the Lord, before the day is over, you ought to find some way to obey it. When you hear the word of the Lord come, before the day is over, you ought to find a way to do it. Because we cannot, and I'm going to go into that tomorrow, be just hearers of the word and not do it. It just doesn't work like that. And so I'm telling you today that it's going to cause you to get up out of your comfort zone and waiting for God to do what he's empowered you to do. What's the difference in in how we are treating God and how they were treating Moses? What's the difference? God, why haven't you answered us and given us something to drink? We are thirsty. And we won't obey the word. And it's a funny thing that you will not receive anything from God unless you obey him. And my, when you hear that you got to obey God, seems like a mystery, doesn't it? But to obey him means to do what he says. That's all it means. To do it. And as I put a little bit of pressure on you before the day is over, because if if you if we if I allow you to you'll be waiting and waiting and you have so much word and some of you do and you haven't done anything. <laughs> Pastor said that I was going to prophesy over everybody. Man, I would cause you to sin against God because you wouldn't do anything with that word. You'll be waiting and waiting and waiting and saying, God, when you're going to bring this word to pass, when you're going to give me something to drink? And we thirsty. We want the word, but we don't want to do anything but ask you for it. And we hear it and it sounds good and we think that's enough. Nobody's willing to go after the word that God says as if God is with you. I mean, like he says, I'm with you, and whatever I've told you to do, I'm going to empower you to do it. You see, it's it's not going to be sweating and, and all of that striving and effort. If God calls you to do something, he gives you, he causes you to be dressed in linen, right? He don't want you sweating. But he doesn't want you at ease sitting down and saying, it's going to come to pass. I heard it. I believed it. Because faith comes by hearing. Am I right? I believed it. And therefore, I spoke it. But I didn't do it didn't do anything. I heard it. 
I believed it. I spoke it. But I didn't do it. You know, we, we speak it with power, don't we? And we don't go and do it. Give me something to drink. Jesus is right there. Got to go a little deeper. You want to go in a little deeper in God. You got to go through some places that you don't want to go. Holy Spirit's leading you and you think that is all ease. Jesus paid it all. Yes, he did. But you ought to have a desire to know him, even in the fellowship of his suffering. So that you can somehow get to understand the power of resurrection. You ought to rejoice when he put an obstacle in your way so that you can overcome it. And he says, and inherit all things. So those who overcome will inherit all things and they will be my son and I will be their father. But we don't want that. Do you know that in this season, trials are put in your way, not in like the wilderness, but so you can overcome it and be powerful. Testing you to see how weak you are, to see if you will obey him, that season is over, is so you can overcome and so that you can do the word and so that you know, again, that God is with you. We need that. We need God to give us things that there is no way that we can do it. We're not smart enough. We don't have enough money. We don't have, it, it said, I don't even have enough time to do it, God. And we think that's an excuse to keep on sitting and keep on hearing and keep on believing and keep on speaking but not doing anything. Look at the notes you have and check off everything you've done. <laughs> Just check it off. But the, the sermon, don't even start to speak about all that you've heard. Man. He said, before the day is over, when you hear the word of the Lord, you better have done it. After today. After today. You see, you didn't know it. You thought it was just to hear it. And believe it. And talk about it. Because we've been a lot of talk. It's only in the church that we are a lot of talk. We believe what we say. But nobody will attempt to execute. And do anything. You would last. But a couple of hours in the marketplace. <laughs> acting like that. Nobody wants to hear you talk about anything. If you're not going to do anything about it. Nobody wants to hear you boast about how powerful the God is that's behind you and backing you up. And you always worrying about how much money you have. I got to scale it down. Oh, let's revise. 
I can't do what he said, so I'm I'm trying to, you know. Don't you ever let me hear you say you're trying to do anything. Nobody ever got blessed by trying. You get blessed by doing it. Don't you ever say that I'm trying to do, I am tempting to obey God. I'm trying to do what he says. And we get so crazy until we start putting those same characteristics on God. And we say, God is trying to bring his people. What? God is not trying to do anything. You done lost your mind. You have just done lost your mind. You try to put your weakness on your God. That's absolutely insane. And then we're complaining and murmuring because we don't have nothing to drink. Blaming everybody. Once they had killed Moses, they would have turned on each other. And start blaming everybody else. You start blaming your husband, blame your wife, blaming your children, and blaming, they blame your parents. I don't have what I need. And they never thought about getting up in the name of Jesus. Getting up and saying, I believe what I've heard. Psalms 1 said, blessed is the man that doesn't sit in the council of the godly. But it talks about that he would be blessed in what he does. We need to learn how to meditate on the word while we're doing it. You know how we meditate? That's how the saints meditate. (laughs) But I want to teach you how to meditate while you're doing it. I'm the head and not the tail, but I'm moving things around. God will be with me. He will go before me, but I'm going right after him. While you're doing the work of the Lord, while you're doing it, you're meditating on the word. You're reciting it in your heart and, and you're rehearsing it in your mind, but you're not sitting and doing that. You're actually doing the work of the word. You're doing the word. And God said, I will be with you. I'll back you up. I'm the rock that, that everything you need, I will nourish you, but you got to dig down deep, and you got to go after what God has said. Don't just sit and think that God is going to do it for you. I told my church, I said, the last time God planted a garden was in Eden. He ain't planting no more gardens. He's just not doing it. If you want something, you're going to have to. You are not in the wilderness anymore. You have options and choice. 
See, you got to make a transition. You, you, you're, you've gotten comfortable with just having enough for one day. You, 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 that's what you know, and that's what you've gotten comfortable with. You got comfortable with saying, oh, my shoes didn't wear out. Or God caused my tires to go a hundred and some thousand miles, and they're still on my car. Well, praise God, that's wilderness thinking and speech. You're not in the wilderness, so you don't get any kudos because your stuff ain't wearing out. (laughs) I mean, God is not looking and saying, oh, this is wonderful. He's saying, if you're thirsty, I want you to go out and I want you to be like Abraham, you know. Abraham, when God said to come out, you know what he did? He came out. You know, I, we, we did, I test the church on, on, on Sunday. We read Psalm 47. It said, clap your hands. And, and it said, shout to the Lord. You know what? We just read it. And I was trying to see, would anybody do it? After all, isn't that what we do? We just read it. Read it. Clap your hands. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. And just reading it. Nobody started. Because God said it when he spoke through the word. You were reading it and you didn't do it. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Yeah, there we go. That's how you learn. Why do you think the Psalms are there for? You know, they're just telling you to do that. Uh, rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> you know, and I, I never murmur against God. <laughs> I don't have nothing I want. I never get what I want. Everybody else get what they want. <laughs> it's a rejoice. You know, you ought to come. David said, I commanded my soul to rejoice. I said, my soul rejoice. You got to make yourself get up from there. Otherwise, you ain't going to do anything because it's easy just to murmur and complain and just say what you don't have. I'm thirsty, Moses. I don't have anything to drink. And it's your fault. You know, it was okay when I was in bondage, couldn't do anything, you know. You know, you, you, you start thinking that was better off when you were in bondage. They said, I wish, let's go back. You know, that's how we think. Because if we won't keep moving forward, no matter what the price. And I tell you that when it's time to move forward, the devil start messing with your mind. You don't have enough money. I don't have enough money. <laughs> Let me tell you a secret. The devil can say it all he wants and nothing happens. It's when you start saying what he says. That's when you don't have anything you need. The thought can come to you, but don't you dare say what a spirit whispered in your ear. God wants us to wake up. The things that we do, if we, 
if we told anybody that we did these things, they would just think we were out of our mind. Thank God that we only do this in church. Because nobody's saying anything in the marketplace. You wait until you get to church on Sunday morning and talk about how you've beaten the devil down <laughs> and how you are overcome. Say nothing outside of the church, and, and and he have you feeling so bad about everything, you know, just so discouraged, feeling oh I'm so stupid, no I don't know anything, just feeling down and out, just. Talking. You, you ever just been by yourself doing that? Nobody wants to be with you, I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> just going to be by yourself. But these are the type of things we do. Those people would have followed Moses all over the place doing that same thing. They wore Moses down so much so until he disobeyed God and dishonored him. Thank God that we can't wear God down because he knows that somebody's going to come and begin to challenge you out in the middle of the wilderness and start saying that, even telling us what God has said to you. We have anyone in here, don't show your hands, that always telling you, I heard God say this this morning. But you haven't done anything about it. What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for conditions to be favorable for you? You're waiting for everything to just change. Haven't you read that the waters didn't part until they stepped? Then we say that it seems like no way and then all of a sudden there is a way. But that way comes when you're moving, not stagnant. In Job 14, I believe it's 10, it talks about at the scent of the water, the trees began to come to life. You ought to smell the water after all is in your innermost being. Rivers living water, life-giving spirit is in you. I don't want you to stop hearing. I don't want you to stop believing. I don't want you to stop speaking. I just want you to add some doing before the day is over. I don't want you to think that you have tomorrow to do it. Don't you dare give yourself 48 hours. Don't do it. Because it'll end up being 10 years. And you will say that you're righteous and holy because you've been waiting 10, 12, 22 years for the word of the Lord to come to pass. You're waiting until somebody will come that's going to help you. When God says, I am your help. When he speaks a word 
he says, it will not return void, but it will accomplish everything for which I sent it. God is looking for us to co-labor with him. It is true. He's looking for us. If he says, come out from your kinfolk, you get up and leave. Even when he told Abraham to sacrifice his only son. Abraham got up early the next day. Early. The Bible said he got up early before day trying to obey God. It wasn't easy. But the man knew that every word that God speaks is meant to be obeyed. You got to do something about the word of the Lord. You got to do. You, you cannot hear it and not do anything about it when he's speaking to you. You can say, I don't understand, but, but you need to go to Proverbs 2 and cry out to God for understanding. Don't let that be an excuse. I didn't know what the preacher was saying. I don't know. He said you got to do it before 24 hours. What did he say do? I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> what, 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 what was he talking about? You know, he was saying when you hear the word, you know, you heard lots of words. You ought to at least do one of them before the day is over. <laughs> Get up. Don't tell me, well, he was saying all kinds of stuff. It wasn't systematic. No, it wasn't. He was speaking the word of God. He was hammering you. I was hammering them. I went all the way out in the country, brought them there, and I began to hammer them and challenge them and said, you can never, ever hear a word and not do anything about it. Yeah. You'll never be able to do it. You'll hear my voice saying that you, well, nonsense, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that, you'll hear me. You'll hear my funny sounding voice saying, you got to do something about yeah. it. And you won't just be able to blame anyone. Yeah. Mumbling and complaining season is left in wilderness. Yeah. It's left in the wilderness where there was just one day's supply. Your shoes didn't run out, wear out, and your clothes didn't either. That's over. You have options. You have to make some decisions in the promised land. You can't just think that the same old man is going to come down at the same old time. You got to be alert. You can't be slothful. It's slack. Some days God may say, I want you up at three in the morning. But don't build your house there. He might say, I want you to just take five minutes from your busy day. Turn aside. At your most busiest time, when you're under a deadline, and you say, God, I'll get up at 3 o'clock, but I can't turn aside now. Don't put him in a box. Don't feel good about anything you've done and it's coming from what your own hands have done. Feel good about what God empowered you to do. Stop doing whatever comes to your mind. <laughs> don't, don't give yourself away. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than you though <laughs> but whatever just pop into your mind 
like Papa Bear, I believe he was. He just did whatever came into his mind. Let's do what God says. That's the only thing that will really work. And when God speaks, you know his voice. He says, my sheep, and you can say all kinds of foolish things. I don't know who's speaking to me. (laughs) God says, my sheep know my voice, and you are his sheep, but you just keep saying stupid stuff. (laughs) Somebody got to say it. You can't say, I don't know his voice. And, and, well, who's speaking to me? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. My, my wife said, amen, like, bring it to a close. He gets right in my face. And he said, what are you going to do when I tell you? In a timely manner. (laughs) Some of you just getting around to do it. It's been years. And you just now have an urgency. And then know that in your hearing, This word is fulfilled in your hearing. It is being released now for you to arise and begin to move. And what you thought you couldn't do, you began to do it. Because after all, God's word is commands. He calls it commandments. And he's speaking. If he says, be healed, you want to make some effort. You know, you can... Pray for people. You can speak the word of, and 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 they in a wheelchair and never make an effort. Not an effort. Look like to me, if you believe anything, you at least attempt. Strike that. Don't you ever say attempt again. You get up from there. Are you hearing me? Make. That move to do it. And don't let anybody stop you. We always say that that there's more against us than there is for us. I believe we got it wrong. The prophet said there's more with you than there is against you. Jesus said, I'm more He that's within you is more than the world is against you. He's more powerful than anything that's coming against you. And Jesus doesn't want you bowing to any more problems. When you do that, Moses said you put the Lord to the test. You begin to complain and say, is he with us or not? He's with you. I'm speaking it again, and I feel the presence of the Lord began to increase because our hearts are opening now. And what the world knows, we are just now discovering. 
They get up and do it. They find a way. They can lose everything. File bankrupts. Bill and put a million, two million, three million dollars in a restaurant and it go under. And the next three months, four months, you see them opening up another. Why are you so afraid to fail when you can't fail? Why are you so afraid? And when, when the Bible clearly says, even if you fall down seven times, if you're righteous, you're going to get up. If you're righteous, you're going to get up from there and you're going to do it. Because there is no failure and there is no more trying. There's no more attempting. We're going to do it. Don't be afraid. What happens when you're entering into this? The devil don't want you to do anything. Hear it all you want. Believe it too. Speak it. Don't try to do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You'll start messing with your mind. Have you thinking that you can't do anything? And that's what he's been doing to a lot of people in this season, just messing with your mind. I call it psychological warfare. He's a liar, and he's a deceiver. And nobody puts on their whole armor. I'm going to say this, and then I'll sit down. The first of the armor that is written in Ephesians 6 that you put on is you gird your waist with truth. Spirit of the Lord said, why do you think I started off with truth? Because the devil comes and he lies to you and he tries to deceive you. He never speaks the truth. His, his tongue, his native tongue is that of a liar. So God says, put on truth first. Began to understand that it's only truth that can combat a lie. Truth. That's why when you when he you're coming into your destiny, don't stop when he starts saying you can't do this. Don't start to revise. Dial everything way, way down. Because if you start giving that inch to the devil, you know what that's called? Giving place to the devil. It starts with just a little bit. You know God didn't say anything about decreasing what he said to you when he spoke it. If anything, he gives you something to increase it. To enlarge it. He wants to magnify you in it. He never ever gives vision to anyone that in their mind they could say, how can I do this? It comes by revelation. And God is giving you revelation today. And I don't want you to write it down. I want you to do it. Because that's what he's saying. We have enough notes. Books full. 
You don't have enough megabytes in your computer now to carry all of this stuff that you're writing in it. We gotta do it. Why did the preacher stop this now? Stop digging, because I'm digging now because I, I, I'm, I'm certain by revelation that if I go deep enough, I'm going to hit the rock. I'm digging deep. I know the rock is in you. I know, he says, that that, that spiritual rock is Christ, and out of him comes both all of the spiritual food, all of the spiritual drink, all of the nourishment that you ever need, everything that he has called you to do is in you to do. You need to speak. You need to believe. You need to hear it, but you need to do it. When you activate doing, you activate the blessing. When you do it, you activate the blessing. And nobody can stand up against the blessing. But you won't see it activated. We can talk about it. I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed when I go out. I'm blessed when I go in. You know, that's just like saying go and be well-filled and, 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 and clothed. As James said, he said, you don't do that to a person. You help him. He said, those are empty words when you tell a poor, hungry person, go and be well fed. You know, that's just like saying, I'm highly favored. I've got all of I, I need. And you won't do anything. That's called incomplete faith. The Bible said, Abraham, faith was completed. Because he heard him and he did it. So many of us, you're thirsty because you have incomplete faith. The King James says your faith has not been made perfect. The NIV said it hasn't been made complete. And you wonder why you're not getting the blessing of waters coming out. I'm challenging you now, digging a little deep in your own heart. But I can't give you the water. I can begin to dig, but you're going to have to dig too. You got to go home this evening instead of turning over on your bed tonight. God, how am I going to obey this word? I only have 22 more hours. (laughs) God is 20 hours left. You get serious with him. He'll get serious with you. He said, I got to do it. You got to start to obey. You got to begin tonight. Can't go home like a man that looked in the mirror. God, what kind of man he is. That's how a hearing man that forgets what he heard because it took him too long to do it.
He forgets it. He forgets it. And even if he keeps it before his face and he doesn't do it, he hasn't pleased God. You've just done half. That's what I mean by if you just heard it, your faith is still incomplete. If you believed it, your faith is still incomplete. No blessings. None. None. No blessings. None. I'm speaking it with power. No blessing. Incomplete faith. Imperfect. Your father Abraham didn't do that. He did the word. He obeyed it. To obey it is to do it. He got up early. He sought God. I'm digging now. You're going to have to dig too. I found my spiritual drink. That's why I'm not worried. Whatever comes. Once you start drinking from this well, you'll never thirst again. You'll never ever thirst again. You never need anything from anybody else. You never think like you used to think. You never worry because you're going through a tough place that you call tough, but if you call it just a place that I'm passing through to get to my destiny, that's how a man or woman that's drinking from the spiritual walk, that's how he rock, that's how he thinks, that's how he acts, that's how he speaks. And that's how he lives. I found the spiritual rock. His name is Christ. He accompanies me everywhere I go. Always there. And out of my own belly comes the rivers. Everywhere I go, I water the dry places. The only way I can be a blessing is if I recognize that the rock is within me. I'm building my house, not on the surface. That was the easy way out. That's why when things come against you, just little insignificant things, your house is crumbling. Just a little breeze, a little scent that there's trouble and the house is crumbling. Because you took the easy way out. You just start building your house. Haven't laid any foundation. That's why I'm not in such a hurry to see big things happen when they haven't laid any foundation. I want to see if anybody's digging. I want to see, is anybody trying to find, find the rock? Jesus said, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Let me take the easy way out. Do you think after 2,000 some years, the thing would be built? Could it be just now finishing the foundation? Laid 
the foundation. I look at you and I say, have you laid any foundation for what God is saying to you? I'm really going to close now. (laughs) The first thing you should do when you hear this word and you're going to do it is you ought to start digging some foundation. Digging down deep. Dig down deep. See if you have enough in you to define the rock. Sometimes you just want to see the glorious things. Great buildings, great all kinds of stuff. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And not going deep down in the murky clay. You know, it, 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 you ever start to dig in your own heart? You find a whole lot of junk, don't you? And you stop, don't you? The moment you hit something to hurt you, a memory... An experience. You stop digging. And you start building. And you're building up on a whole lot of things. Insecurity. You don't want to deal with it. You go digging deep into your life and you find some things in your own house. Then it's easier to start looking at somebody else's house. Start saying what Sister So and So need to do. She's the one that need to hear this word. They should have been here at the family camp because they need to dig down deep. They are mess. Their house is out of order. All kinds of stuff. And I know Sister So-and-so cleaned hers up one time, but she didn't protect it, and seven more devils came in. (laughs) Because it's not enough just to clean it. You've got to dig down deep. Digging deep. Don't be afraid of what you're going to find. Jesus knows everything about you. I once asked God, in my early years, how could you live in me? I know all of these things. He's told me, I live so deep in you. I live in the inner courts. I live in the holy of holies. I, I live so deep. But I didn't know he was inviting me to come deep. I didn't know. I thought everything that the enemy had said about me was true. And I didn't go and try to look and see if there was any other part of me. I didn't even think that the real me could be deep down with the rock. Never crossed my mind. And there was times when I was digging deep that it hurt me so bad I wanted to give up. Because if you've ever been hurt, you don't want to go digging that down. You want to forget it and just keep going. Don't go digging in your life because you're going to find some things. That's what I was told. But tonight, we want to find the water, right? We want to find the rock that's with us. We don't want to ever doubt again.
Never murmur again, ever again. Moses can't give you this water. Only Jesus can give it to you, but you got to go down deep. You got to find that rock. So let's, for a moment, let the word go deep. Just began to let it go deep. This is the first day of the family camp. And we're being changed. This is a grown-up word. It's going to cause you to go home and get to work. I'm not talking about back to the bay. I'm talking about when you go into your cabin. And nothing's going to stop you. And Jesus is saying to you, I'm with you right now. Don't just stop. at the place where someone touched you inappropriate and did things to you that they should not have done. And you never want to revisit that place because the pain and the memories, it hurt too bad. Let's go deeper than that, but we have to pass through it. We have to feel you know that Jesus wouldn't take the bitter wine to dull the pain of his senses. He had to feel it. The only way you can get healed is you got to feel. And you got to say, Father, I forgive them, for they know not what they did, done. Every memory, you're going deeper and deeper. Yes, I just want him to give me water. I just want him to just deliver me like that. But then you get impatient with everybody else. But if you're digging yourself and you come into that place and say, God, I feel this. It hurt just like it did when... They sin against me. But Father, I forgive them. You know, in order to have power over anything, you got to go through it. Sometimes we can be so depressed, fighting depression. Your thoughts are all over the place. You've been overly medicated and all kinds of stuff trying to stop. But I want you to go there now. Yes, it hurts. It hurts. But we're going to go deep. And maybe I haven't hit your pain. 
or your disappointment or sorrow. But as we go deeper and we pass through it, let's feel it and release it. In the name of Jesus. We're digging deep. The center water. Fresh water. Clean. Pure. Going deeper. You've been afraid, fearful, anxious. Don't be afraid of fear. Let's go through it in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise right now. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just begin to give him praise right now and worship right now. In the name of Jesus. The man of God said, you've been trying to carry enough water on your back, not knowing that you have a spiritual rock in you. All the water you ever need and all the water that anyone that you're sent to will ever need. Spiritual drink, spiritual food from the spiritual rock. His name is Christ Jesus. You'll never thirst again. Just rise up right now. Rise up. In the name of Jesus. Right now. Forgive yourself now. Forgive yourself. The Lord has no controversy with you. He's not ashamed to call you brethren. He's not ashamed of you at all. Get up. You've been too hard on yourself. Some of you just been too hard on yourself. You just beat yourself over little things, just little, little insignificant things. Let your own self go free. You're free. Indeed, in the name of Jesus. No crises. All is well. Remove guilt and shame. Don't let it rest. That's not your portion. I remove it from you. In the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise right now. We give you praise right now. The deep, deep is calling unto deep. Deep is calling unto deep. The rivers in the name of Jesus. Can't you smell the water? Don't you smell it now? The scent of it is going to cause you to flourish and increase. Just like that tree that Pastor Benjamin saw in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Your roots. Praise the Lord. 
in the name of Jesus. No guilt. No guilt. Say no shame. That's not the purpose of why God sends the word of the Lord. It doesn't profit you any to get shame and guilty. It profits us when we do it. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I'm just going to pray over you a blessing. That you be refreshed all night. That the Spirit of the Lord minister to you all night. And that your blessing be upon you all night. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise right now. Just for a moment, just get up and just give a shout of victory unto the Lord.